At the beginning of June, Russia attacked the Kakhovka Dam. What are the short and long-term consequences of such actions? Why does Russia now threaten to attack the nuclear power plant it has been controlling for months? And what Ukrainians were shocked about when the world started to discuss this terrible tragedy? You're listening to the Solutions from Ukraine podcast, which is brought to you by the Rubrica Media Outlet. My name is Vladislav Faraponov. I'm the co-host of this podcast. And before we start, let me remind you that you can support us at Patreon at patreon.com slash rubrica. After you join us at Patreon, you'll be able to send us questions uh, that we can address in the podcast, or uh, you can also get emerged with solutions and Ukraine, of course. Usually, I present my co-host Anastasia at this point, but today it will be on my own. So, today we will try to talk about solutions, but it will be quite hard. The topic is even quite challenging for our team, and we have several people from Kherson, but it would be quite hard to talk about it for them. So, the shock is still in the hearts and minds in in Ukraine, and and so within our team as well. So, the Kakhovka Dam in Ukraine was destroyed in the early hours of June 6 this year and causing extensive flooding among uh, the lower Dnieper River, Ukraine's largest river. The dam was under the control of the Russian military and it seized it from the early days of the Russian invasion of Ukraine. The dam was under... Russians control uh, since the early days of uh, late February of last year. So at the time when Russians um, actually got control of the the vast majority of the Kherson region, uh, they also seized uh, the the Kakhovka Dam. So just for you to understand, the dam was around... uh, uh, 30 meters tall. It's about uh, about 98 feet and uh, 3.2 kilometers, uh, which is approximately uh, two miles long. The destroyed part of the dam was about 85 meters, around um, 280 feet, and and the tragedy caused the the average level of flooding in the entire region to be about uh, five, actually five meters. And uh, the dam was, and I'm saying it was on purpose because uh, it does not longer exist. Uh, it was in in Novakakhovka, uh, almost 90 kilometers, which is uh, around 55 miles from Kherson. So Kherson was the only regional city that Russia seized last year, and uh, the the Novakovka is still um, under Russian occupation. And we have to understand that uh, the the Dnipro River, uh, again Ukraine's largest river, and uh, in, in some parts of Ukraine it's uh, it's quite long, and uh, so it kind of right now. It divides uh, the, uh, the parties. Uh, I mean, 
it divides the territory that is under Ukrainian control after the successful counteroffensive in the south, uh, which ended, but I would say like uh, which paused um, by the liberation of Kherson in um, in November of uh, 2022, but at the same time. The left bank, uh, as we call it, uh, of the Dnieper River uh, is still under Russian occupation, and it is uh, still the the large part of the Kherson region. So why this topic and why the Khovka Dam is so significant? Um, so this, uh, uh, this water system, this... Uh, uh, this reservoir it used mainly to su- supply uh, other uh, hydroelectric stations, the irrigation systems nearby, uh, industrial plants such as the Zaporizhian nuclear power plant, which is still under uh, under Russian control. Um, it allowed also uh, to have. Uh, like the entire region uh, actually having uh, like fresh water uh, for the fish farms and others. And also the Kachovka Dam, like it was um, the condition to have water in Crimea. So the Kachovka Dam uh, was connected with the, the, the so-called North Crimean, Crimean Canal which supplies, uh, as I mentioned before, which supplies water into occupied Crimea. So what's the problem? The destruction of the of the dam in Novakovka is a war crime under the Geneva Convention. Uh, and uh, it is considered to be a weapon of, of mass destruction. And uh, unfortunately, uh, Ukrainians have been observing it uh, in this this month and uh, every day after the tragedy we still get news about it and uh, we'll talk about it a bit later so this is a real ecological disaster for the south of ukraine and the black sea region as a whole i've just came back from Mykolaiv, my my home region and uh, I was there just a week after the level of water in um, two of Mikolaev rivers was up for more than one meter. So uh, you can imagine that uh, like um, the consequences of uh, this uh, if the, like the water will be at least two meters up uh, are really unimaginable, but uh, the like the city of Kherson was basically the first one uh, uh, among major cities um, which was captured by water, and uh, I cannot say it differently because um, because Rubrika's reporter basically went there. To see it firsthand, and um, the entire city—it's eighty percent, I believe—it uh, was it was underwater. 
Rubrika's reporter basically was one of the first among Ukrainian media outlets in Kherson. And uh, you can find a lot of our materials online, uh, basically, when you type uh, Rubrika and, uh, for example, Kherson. And uh, you'll see several exclusive reportages about it. And uh, I... I personally recommend um, uh, this one. How Kherson lives on the fourth day of the Great Flood. Um, we'll post uh, the link to the description um, and uh, you'll be able to uh, to find it, but uh, still, pictures can describe a lot, but uh, probably it's not the case uh, in this situation. At Rubrica, we have a special area, like special special direction of, of Rubrica. It's called Eco Rubrica. And uh, basically, that is why Rubrica's reporting is so crucial at this time, uh, because uh, we have uh, a network of experts, we have a network of journalists uh, who uh, basically visit our website and see uh, our our reporting and uh, and stuff like that. Uh, so, of course, the first uh, observed uh, consequences were, like, they were all kind of related to shock, and, uh, of course, at, at the very beginning, everyone was trying to, to help. Uh, for example, the Ukrainian uh, company, basically Ukraine's largest company uh, in... Um, Retailing and uh, and uh, and post uh, co- uh, called uh, Nova Posta. They announced the um, the collection of uh, uh, clothes for uh, for people who who have just suffered this terrible tragedy, and um, uh, they delivered uh, really tons of uh, clothes uh, to. To the people of um, of Kherson region, because like the Kherson was the center of coordination, uh, so to say, and uh, it was kind of the largest city um, that was under the conditions of uh, we call it kind of great water, and uh, the Kherson was this the center of the coordination, and uh, of course there are like other villages uh, that have suffered, but. Um, uh, the consequences were, I would say, most visible in Kherson because um, much more people, I would say, used to live there in comparison to uh, some small villagers. The secondary consequences, so, so to speak, include uh, risks of um, diseases, the spillage of chemicals, pollution with the uh, nitrogen and uh, and phosphorus compounds, not to mention uh, the the garbage, not to mention the unfortunately dead animals uh, underwater. Everything that was on the ground uh, basically was. Uh, uh, was up and uh, it was underwater and uh, now it went uh, to the Black Sea and uh, you cannot even think right now about the real consequences of 
everything that was supposed to be on, um, on the ground uh, that now uh, almost everything of it is um, in the Black Sea. So we have also thought about possible delayed consequences, which includes dust storms at the at the territory of the Kakhovka Kakhovka Reservoir because uh, it's now empty. It's just um, a desert, and especially um, during the summertime, like um, it will be a, a, a a disaster in summer, it will be um, even more difficult in the fall and others. So this area which used to provide um, the entire, like the majority of uh, regions in the south of Ukraine uh, with water, it will be uh, a desert. But um, our reporter, uh, he told me that um, the only hope that uh, he was capable of observing was people, of course. Ordinary people, uh, he meant uh, volunteers, of course, in, the, in addition to trained staff and, uh, and, um, and rescuers. He also came to Kherson 15 days after the tragedy when almost everywhere uh, the water was gone. But he said it was even harder to see this because... Because when he he went on a boat on the streets, so to say, he was able to see only roofs of the houses. And of course, when now the water is gone, uh, basically one can spot how damaging the water can be. And <clears throat> also, you can imagine uh, like two and three floor houses uh, were underwater sometimes. Uh, uh, people were on the roof, sometimes, sometimes uh, animals were there just to be noticeable that at least, uh, at least they have a chance to be seen. But again, uh, basically what has been visible it is people and uh, especially volunteers. Unfortunately, Russia attacked Kherson many times when the evacuation was conducted uh, they also attacked the city while President of Ukraine Zelensky paid a visit there. And um, But what Ukrainians were shocked about, among other things, is the slow reaction of international partners. Very specific media coverage. I would say that until the US media announced that the Russians did it, that Russians are behind it, there was a lack of clarity if I may say it quite diplomatically. And Ukraine expected a much faster and more comprehensive reaction in terms of the entire international community, not to mention just uh, its partners, but uh, also humanitarian organizations. And uh, if they're still considering if they should go, probably it's, it's a bit late. Like the Red Cross and the, and the UN didn't even visit uh, Kherson, or at least they didn't communicate about it. And in terms of war, kind of not communicating about it means uh, no actions. And not to mention, uh, like, uh, the villages uh, where there is still a lot of water. But uh, 
But just for the record, it doesn't uh, <clears throat> apply uh, to the Ukrainian Red Cross. They were at the at the place uh, of scene, and um, uh, they have been um, trying to find uh, some solutions, if we may say so, about um, this this tragedy. So. What has become different from the day Russia mined the, the dam is that it has now become official that Russia plans to, to blow up the Zaporizhia nuclear power plant. Ukraine's President Zelensky and Kirill Budanov, chief of Ukraine's, Ukraine's military intelligence, they both, it's officially, they both uh, basically warned uh, of a dangerous escalation as the occupiers plan to to blow up the nuclear power plant has been drafted and approved. So, why is Russia doing so, you may ask. The counteroffensive is going in Ukraine, and uh, the Ukrainian army is pushing uh, Russians back uh, in the south, uh, in the Kherson region as well, in um, in the east of Ukraine, in uh, Donetsk region especially. It is interesting that we are making this episode on the next day when Mr. Prigozhin, head of the private Russian military force, Wagner, uh, alleged a coup against Putin's regime, but he basically had, uh, had halted it the next day. And uh, we should also learn some lessons from the previous cases uh, when uh, when Russians uh, said that uh, they would not do something, and after some time they basically did it. And it's the same about uh, the so-called uh, kind of referendums um, about the um, four uh, regions of Ukraine, uh, like uh, incorporating. Uh, with Russia last year, and now now they basically attacked the Kahovka Dam, which basically President Zelensky and um, his team were uh, also communicating about uh, their uh, entire second half of the of last year. It is quite uh, understandable that uh, it is about Ukraine uh, in the global context and uh, such disasters uh, which uh, Russia and Russians are capable of, of they will have an impact not only on Ukraine but on other states and on other regions and uh, if we do not take those threats seriously we cannot um, uh, we cannot act uh, uh, differently anytime soon, and uh, it is uh, the, the lesson number one, and perhaps one of the most uh, important lessons that uh, Ukraine would like um, to to share, especially right now with the world, uh, when um, again again Russia uh, basically even even does not deny that. Uh, they they have mined uh, the um, the Parisian nuclear power plant, mm, uh, which can result in unbelievable tragedy for the entire entire world, uh, and of course, especially Eastern Europe. 
So you can find more episodes of the podcast at rubrica.com or your favorite podcast provider. Uh, Solutions from Ukraine, where we discuss and issues uh, from Ukraine and also the people are doing something about them. So stay with us and remember to support us at patreon.com slash rubrica. Your support helps us produce more independent podcasts and reporting, which will result in more help for Ukraine to win this hard but important war.